the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club, and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 12 of The Tree on the Wing. I see bluebirds of paradise, I see sunset to sunrise, I watch comets in the sky, I see magic flying by, I feel my father holding me, I feel my spirit learn to breathe, I look into my mother's eyes, I Much of the history of the Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club is a story of struggle. There have been times when just surviving through the next game seemed an enormous and insurmountable quest. Money was tight, players were difficult to find, and simply having the helpers to do the things that needed to be done to get the club through the next Saturday seemed impossible. Being the person who took responsibility for the everyday leadership of a club in that state took as much courage and daring as any player going back with the flight of the ball has ever mustered. Not knowing what the outcome of the next decision or the next move might be made it a high wire act and the pressure brought to bear on a struggling club by league administration contributed to the struggle to recruit capable and willing helpers. There was also the ever-present danger of excessive hospitality of opposition presidents leading to intermittent marital discord. In the late 80s and early 90s, Bowen Heads needed someone with a degree of character to overcome these challenges and we were fortunate to have the leadership of Simon Lont. Simon was a post-war immigrant who had played a little bit of footy with his mates as a kid and had spent some time sitting in the tree on the wing watching the game. But it was as an older man that he took the reins of a struggling club and led a band of good-hearted battlers in keeping the wolves from the door. He has served stints as president, secretary, treasurer, timekeeper, team manager, runner, line marker and junior coach. He's a life member and a great bloke and our club owes him every bit as big a place in our history as any player or official before him or since. We caught up with Simon at his home and he treated us to an impressive spread as well as a lot of insight into the history of the darker times of our club as well as a retrospective of life in the old OG for a migrant family and their friends. We hope that you will enjoy our chat with Simon Lodge. Recording. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I am Teddy Donnell. I forgot to announce myself last time, so if anyone who listened to the Chooker episode, that was me talking. And I am joined this evening by the man about town, Russell Nipper Highland. G'day Nipper, how are you going? Hey look Teddy, I am fighting fit. I've got to tell you, I'm uh, I'm doing this dry July at the moment. I actually have heard of that. Yep. It, it's, it's something that happens in other countries. I've never never done it or seen it done. Yep, dry July. I have not been out in the rain once this month. <laughs> it's a fantastic concept and uh, oh. it seems to be working. It's Actually, really I, was, good. I did yeah. see on Facebook some evidence of you being at One Day Estate last week. Yeah, possibly could have been too. Mm. Yeah. Although there was no photographic evidence of you participating in Dry July. I know. Uh, mm. The late uh, time we were there, the uh, phones are all turned off. Oh, great. Good. Yeah, mm, that's great. That's a good way to do it. Now, we are joined tonight or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're listening to it out in podcast land, by a man who has... Done a lot of jobs at the Barnets Footy Club. Mm. He's a life member of the Barnets Footy Club. Correct. Mm. He is has 
served as the president of president? the football club, vice the, the vice president, Sec- the secretary. secretary. You ever been the treasurer? Part-time treasurer. Part-time treasurer. Mm-hmm. Coach junior teams. Ch- coach. coach junior teams. He's run the boundary. He's run water. He's done everything. He's done the goal line, square. Done the lines. Done everything. Done the timekeeping. If there's Building a job, the time sheets. There's a job. Well, the security up there too. I can't yeah. shut him up, yeah. so I better introduce yeah. him. His yeah. name's <laughs> Simon Lont. G'day, Londy. How are you going? Good evening, Teddy. Good evening, Nepa. And it's uh, lovely to be here with two illustrious figures of the Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club. You, of course, as a coach of a premiership team, Teddy, which is uh, well-remembered. And Nipper, I think the best I can remember of Nipper was, and I'm not telling stories, Nipper will know, that um, in an under-18 game, I think he was bending down to do his bootlace-up. Yes. Deliberately. Oh. Behind oh, the umpire. Yes. Behind the umpire. And I think the umpire was Phil Hayden, who was my English teacher at East Tech. Mm-hmm. And Phil happened to trip over mm-hmm. Nipper, who was uh, just crouched down, down, down behind him. And mm-hmm. I think, Nipper, you'd well remember that, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He would have lined that up with a theodolite, wouldn't you? He, just, no, he... I knew where the umpire was running and I knew he was going to run backwards and yeah. I looked down and my bootlace was undone so I had to do it up. And um, mm. What is the statute of limitations on on assaulting an umpire? I don't know, I know. I was the one that screamed. <laughs> I said, watch where you're going. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think Mary's he... player, David Clark, got reported for that only yes. a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. But I yeah. think you, uh, you got off just with a, a wry smile from the umpire and I think he knew what was going on. Yes. Oh, yeah. But there was no report. Yes. Not that time. No report. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Not can't like get our a... good friend, Wayne. Mm. Mad Dog. Well, Lockyer. Well, well, Lockyer. Mm. Lock. Uh, who I... Um, if he wasn't getting reported, someone was yes. getting reported for hitting him. <laughs> oh, but I got well, on... Glenn Murphy. <laughs> I got Glenn on Murphy really didn't well get reported that. for that because the umpire, like everybody else, was laughing at it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was the most I got on well with Wayne. I had a good rapport with Wayne. Good he had a good rapport like with everybody. Calm him down and yeah, yep. no, he was good. Yeah, he played for you. He's one of your junior boys, he was wasn't he? One of the yes. junior boys. Yep. One of the 15s, 18s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's a good player, Wayne. He was. But he big left footer. Yes. Yeah. And his mother was a great uh, person around Absolutely. our around yeah. our club. And his father, his dad, father was a junior yes. coach and yep. a player, big yep. Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Lonty, we did give you some homework. So yes, we, we, do we know. always start off with our icebreaker, and then we'll go on to the questions. Teddy's so got a file. He's got a file. Got I a file. Well, I, there's one thing I did know. Now, there's, there's, people have various ways of recording these yeah. questions and these yes. answers, hmm. and people put them on the phone, and people put them... I think Bobby might have had his on the phone, and yeah, a few yeah, other people. Yeah, Zach Walder definitely did. Zach Walder definitely did. Lonty... Pen man. Pen and paper man. Pen and paper. Yeah. Pen and paper. On the, it's not a Varna exercise book, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. Ian, Cover would have, Ian Cover would have loved it had it been a Varna exercise book, but yeah. it isn't. So, so Lonnie, you want, you want Lonnie, two our, truths and a lie. We want yeah, two correct. truths and a lie. Yeah. You ever told okay. two truths? Have you ever told a lie, Lonty? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, <laughs> did. Did. yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did. He's about to tell another one. All right. Okay, first one is, I married my wife on the 17th of 4th, 1971. A club former committee person 
man was married on the same day and date as Heather and I, but not in the same city. He has three sons who have all played football, playing for Barwon Heads. Okay. Number two, Wayne Lockyer, who we just spoke about. Yes. As a club advocate, I represented Wayne on three occasions at the Ballerine Football League Tribunal. I got him off twice. He served a four-week suspension for the third one. And number three, these are all threes. Yes. I played cricket at three Ballerine Peninsula Cricket Association clubs, that being Ocean Grove, Barwon Heads and Wallington. As yes. a spin bowler, I won the B-grade bowling trophy and played in a winning premiership team when we defeated St Leonard's. One other player in that team went on to be a top player at the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club. There you go. Now, one of those is not true. One of those is not true. One of those nine things or one of those, uh, or one of those whole well, three okay. things? Yeah. All right. no, They're I'll, based I'll on three. I've got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You think you've yeah. got it? Well, we'll we keep oh, to the end. It. Let's oh, let's no, not no. smoke him early because no, he'll, no. he'll get all disheartened and he'll want to go home. And we're at his house, so he'll kick us out. <laughs> no, no, you can stay all night. Now, Lonty, our first question yep. is always, how did you end up at the Bowen Heads Footy Club? What, what, was your, what was your introduction to it? How did you end okay. up over there? Uh, it's, it's, it's a short, long story. I went to the AGM of the Ocean Grove Football Club back in 81, 82. When I got to the AGM at Ocean Grove, there were a lot of guys standing around, particularly around Tony Hill, whose son Richie played with Geelong Reserves, and Tony had a few games with, with Footscray Reserves. And they basically said, well, you're doing 15s, you're doing 18s, you're, you're doing the running, you're doing... And they had it all sorted out without me having to go to the meeting. So I was disillusioned, I went home. And about a week later, Alan Fry saw me down the, the main street of Ocean Grove and said... We need a hand at Bowen Heads. We're desperate for people. And about four days later, Stevie Pelham turned up at my door. He said, Simon, you want to give us a hand <laughs> at Bowen Heads? Uh, I said, what's on? He said, the AGM's on on Sunday. Can you come over? I said, yeah, no worries. So that started. Um, from those two guys asking me, could I help out? But you'd already so that was had back a... in 81, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. 80, 81? Yeah. Eighty. Uh, it was the AGM of 81, so it was yep. the 82 season where I really started. So, as Teddy was involved. about to allude to, is the fact that you played footy for Barnes as a kid. Yeah, I did. Back yeah. in the early Under 15s, I played. Um, I think I was credited with four games in the under 15s. Mm-hmm. I had one game in the under 18s, and then I'd maybe 20 odd games in the reserves. But that was to fill numbers because mid 80s, we were getting 14, 15 players at a reserves game to, yeah. to try and pull a side. So yes. I'd do the team shirts and then pull a pair of shorts on, the boots and... Slip your name in there and... Yeah. And it, so yeah. it's fair to say that your football wasn't a something you excelled at? No, or, yes. no. As, how would you... We, we, we often ask this, how would you describe your own style of play? Uh, hiding behind the point post. <laughs> um, there you go. Yes. No, really. I, I was just just a footballer. Um, I loved it, loved the game, but I wasn't excelled in in the skills of the game. Um, and how did? But how did you end up over at the club as a junior? I know there wasn't an Ocean oh, Road footy gosh. club in those days. Uh, when, when did you When did you start? What was your first? When I when I started there, um, there was myself, Alan Fry, 
Terry, uh, Johnny Haynes, Terry Lindsay. Uh, there was a group of about five or six of us. That Mac, all, Mac, please. Mac, mm, Mac was before me, yeah, but and we were all at East Along Technical School. Yes. And Vern Fry would pick us up in his Falcon. Yes. On his way home from work. Yes. At round about quarter to four, four o'clock, he'd pick us up on the corner of Boundary Road and Ormond Road, East Geelong. We'd get in the car. We'd have our gear with us. We'd change in the car and Vern would drop us at the football ground for training. And that was Vern's regular routine on a Monday and a Wednesday. He'd pick us up. Um, we'd all get changed there because some of those boys went on to be... Uh, Absolute brilliant footballers for, for yes. Can you remember? I've, I've got a photo here in front of me mm. of the 1961 Bowen Heads Ocean Grove Football Club mm. under 15 team. Yep. And there was a skinny little kid on the side. Right on the end, next yeah. to, uh, what's your name, Vaughny? Next to uh, some Mick Jennings? Uh, no, no. at the other end. Uh, is it Barry Hewan? Barry Hewan, yeah. yep. yep. And yep. Uh, so long as little in skinny kid standing there. Looks like he's cold. Yeah. I probably and was. You probably were too. And there yeah. is. You're exactly right. There are some absolute club legends in there ah, that went to play awesome. senior premierships and yeah. coached them in one case. Joey Marchman's down there. Peter Lindsay. Terry Lindsay. Yeah. Might have been... Fippy uh, Harmer was the coach. Phipps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the great Colin Creese is in there. Johnny Haynes that you mentioned before. Leon Zerowell. Leon, a oh, brilliant footballer, and his two boys. Yeah, Tell you what, his two boys both Craig, played Craig and Dale heads. both played Bowen Heads. Yes. And, and that Dale, Dale seen, if he had gone Dale on with it. senior best and fairest mm. at Bowen Heads. Dale? Yes. Yeah, yeah well, I, I remember when I had to take him to, um, to, to Buckley's for the Ballerine Football League presentation night where he won well, best first-year player in, uh, in, in Ballerine Football. Oh, okay. And he was shitting himself. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, he was. He was. Oh, he just. <laughs> I said, "Come round." He came round here. We had to talk about it. And I said, "Look, all you got to do is just get up and just just say what you feel at that time. But if you do that, just be honest about it." And he got up and he spoke beautifully. He accepted his trophy and there, yeah. which was which was a great thrill not only for him but for me as well to be there with him. Because you coached him as a junior, had you? No, oh, okay. no, no, but I, I'd, I'd watched Leon in his heyday, mm-hmm. and even Con, the older brother, mm-hmm. Con wasn't a bad footballer either at Ocean Grove, yes. but Leon was an absolute Leon went speed to Queenscliff, didn't he? Yeah. He played most of his foot yeah. in Queenscliff. I don't yeah. think he liked Ocean Grove. No, he didn't. No. no. There was Nothing a, wrong with that. No, no there, there was quite a lot of boys that, that actually moved clubs away from Ocean Grove because of the, I won't say the word culture, but it was just that. The way the Grove, you know, you, you look at Bowen Heads nowadays and this last 20 years, the culture of the Bowen Heads Football Club has been, if it's not 100%, it's got to be 95. Just the way people have gone about things, the way they've developed juniors, all the sides that they pushed up, even the girls' football, the culture's been driven by the town and driven by the people who look after the club. And they've really, really pushed that culture thing about not that the culture was ever lost with Bowen Heads. I mean, it's a long time to wait from 93 to 2019 for a bloody premiership. Yeah. Yep. But saying that, we're one of three clubs that have won five premierships. There's only two more clubs above us who have won more. Yes, Ocean Grove 
is obviously one they won yeah. eight. And they Torquay. won them all in, in Torquay. Torquay and yeah. Ocean Grove. Yeah. I'm sorry, Geelong Amateurs. I think have got also got. Yeah. Yeah. So Drysdale and us and Queenscliff, with Queenscliff at three yeah. in a row not long ago. Yeah. They've only got four though. Mm. They won one in the early seventies, didn't they? Seventy-five, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that's that's true. Oh, sorry, I forgot Newcomb. Newcomb's got six. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, Torquay, Ocean Grove, and then Newcomb, and then there's three clubs which yeah. have all got five. So taken in that perspective, our club has kept a good base that they've been able to work with over the years. Yeah. Even though we struggled in the 80s, which you guys know about, you know, lack of support, lack of committee members, all those sorts of things which 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 happened to us, the league coming down on us. That Mike Kinraid from the league, you know, if he wasn't on the phone every second night to me about something, incorrect piece of paperwork, a wrong signature, a wrong number, or, you know. But it makes it difficult when you're struggling for people to help out at club to yeah. be nitpicked. And that doesn't encourage other people to come in and help no. when you're under all that sort of yeah. pressure. So um, We had some tough times. We got to a meeting one night and I, th- I think we were basically discussing um, some salary cap issues. Well, it wasn't a salary cap in those days, it was player payments. And our president at the time, Neil Govins, just got up. He'd had enough. He said, that's it, you continue on with the meeting. And that was our president. He got up, he was just so frustrated with what was happening. Yeah. With, with the four or five of us that were arguing yeah. about, you know, what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Neil got up and, and went yeah. home. Yeah. So was, I took over the, the running of the meetings. When you were in your in the most positions of responsibility at the footy club, mm. was some of the hardest times that, that our footy clubs oh, absolutely. had. Absolutely. Although I do, I do know we, we need to be aware that we did go out of existence for a few years back in the, yeah, the, in the dim days. But yeah. um, the 80s yeah. were... Were dim days too in the early nineties. Oh, you know, when, when you when you're finishing second last or last, and and people are on your back about when's the club going to do this, when's the club going to do that, you look at it and you think, what more can I do? Yeah. What more can you do? What more can you do? Yeah, I think it's that cycle. Well, in it, the end, it does cycle. In the end, we got some bloody good people on board. You know, the Richard Griggs, those sorts of people, Clive Wests. Yeah. Kitty Pearson was yeah, an absolute yeah. saviour for the club. How yeah. long was he treasurer for? Twelve years at Bowen Heads. Thirteen years. I thought it was longer than that. But anyway, well, yeah. well it, it was a period over 17 years because he went back to Purin Yellock and helped them out for three years in between. There you go. So, you know, that's when he got moved by the bank back to, to Colac. Yeah. Mm. So Ken, for that whole of that 17, 18 years, was involved in football, mainly looking after the books. Yes. And he pulled us. He yeah. told us where every cent was going. And yes. he, he was meticulous with his with his figures. Yeah. Um, and I think at that time, that's what the club needed. You needed a guy like him. Yeah. Clive West was a great administrator. Well, when a dollar's He's, hard to come by, you've got to keep your eye on it, don't you? Absolutely. And yeah. it was hard to come by. I mean, yep. we, we, Nipper yeah. and I both remember that the town was a very different place in those days. Yeah. The fact yeah. That, um, that, you know, there, was, there were a few families that had young kids and a few mm. of them had boys yeah. and then there are a lot of people who were a lot older and a lot of people that were older and a lot of people that, that a lot of the houses mm. were holiday houses and the mm. demographic of the town was very different to what it is now and the population was mm. what half or at least mm. a half yeah a lot smaller what it is. But yeah. you know, we, and there was sorry. no businesses around to yeah. yes you know sponsor the club but i mean like we tried different things um I think uh, 
you probably remember that uh, Percy Jones came down to the club for a little while to have a, have a look around with us and, mm-hmm. you know, say yep. good day. Uh, Sidney Jackson, who was a mate of yep, the Percy, yeah. Sidney came down. And, you know, the, these are guys who are well-known in football, so yes. bring them down to the club. Yeah. Um, I think Justin Madden came down when he was minister. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. he, yes. he had his photo in the paper with, with uh, Bernie, who was president at the time, pretending to do a rub down on a player, you know, but I mean, whatever we can get our hands on to try and benefit the image of the club and build it up, Brainy was good for the club. Yeah. Brainy and uh, he was with uh, um, Margaret, Margaret Webb from the, yeah. Yeah. and Brainy was good for, the, good for the club. Brainy always spoke his mind. I think there was three or four articles where Brainy was in the paper saying, you know, don't throw us out. It's always good to have a bloke to speak his mind, isn't it? (laughs) Ronnie. It was pretty rough, wasn't it? It was pretty rugged and difficult getting players and um, even difficult getting and keeping coaches. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we went through some coaches there for a few years in a row. Grant McCants, I think we hung on to for three, maybe three years. Grant lasted with us, but Grant was one of those, you know, who wrote things on the back of his hand and showed (coughs) the players. Mickey Higgins was a tremendous coach. Uh, Got us the plague in '93, and if you attract those sorts of people, you know we were lucky to have Mickey Turner running around the place with his two boys, Levi and and uh, Che. Um, Ricky Barham was there. Yep. Very interesting story on on Mickey Turner. Mick was a uh, football broadcaster for in those days. I think I know this story. Three GL, great story. Three yeah. GL or three or or well, it might um, have been K-Rock. one of the Melbourne stations, but it might no, have been no, K Rock. I don't FM. know whether it came. Oh, it is on Bay FM. Bay FM, Bay yeah. FM, yeah. But um, Mick was sitting on the bench for the seniors at um, Torquay, and he was doing his report from a Geelong game from the bench at Torquay. Yeah. Billy Brownless was giving him the information, and Mick was ringing it through to the. Yeah. <laughs> remember, I don't remember know he had, a true he story. He was the first person I ever saw with a mobile phone. It was. The size of a, a the brick, a, yeah, the brick. It was like a car battery. Yeah, he had like to carry car battery. Around, yeah. yeah, and he used to. He was. He yeah. did it a couple of times at Bowen Heads, I reckon. He, did he? He'd have uh, a, he'd have a radio in his ear, yeah, and he'd be listening to the <laughs> listening to <laughs> the Geelong game, yeah, writing down what was happening, mm. and, and then, then put the report. And then through. he'd do the reports at at quarter and at the quarter breaks. He'd ring into so to of Bay course he was being paid for. Uh, Wouldn't want to mix them up, would you? Hey. Darren Elmer's had a brilliant quarter in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, yeah. wrong game. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, those those guys were good good for the club. We had our moments, but I think that the main thing is we uh, as a group, as as the Barnes Football Netball Club, we pulled through. Yes. And we pulled through and got better and better and better yes. after that. Well, there was a lot of people came to the club at that period in yeah. the early nineties when we won those two flags, and the important thing was they stayed. Oh, from 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 eighty seven eighty eight, you could notice the difference with the A crowds, mm. B more support. So from that eighty eight eighty nine, when they started to come back to the football, yeah. which culminated in ninety three with the two premierships, mm-hmm. um, and of course we've kept the main part of all those people. A lot of them are still around the yeah. club. Yes. You know, Yelena Swinton, those sorts of guys, yeah, they're, still, yep, yep. they're yep. still there. Brian Andrew. Brian Andrew, Andy, Dietrich. Yep. I yeah. mean, they're, 
Yeah, a lot of them Tim, Ar- Tim Armstrong was captain then, and he's yeah. still still heavily involved. The man on the rock. The man on yeah. the rock. Yeah, and the um, Roddy Beckwith doing. You know the story of the rock, don't you? No, I don't know the story of the rock. Yeah, you know it, don't you? Remind me. Ninety-three, the premiership year. It was a big rock at the front entrance of the Barney's Hotel. Yeah. Can you remember it? Mm. I remember the you rock. You went down through the double doors, yeah, yeah. and there was a big rock sitting yes. in the bloody hard. There was. Right the front. Yeah. Yeah. So Timmy was on the rock, and I was doing security. Oh, okay. Oh. That was one of my biggest fears when I was a kid. That's what I called the rock. Yeah. What? Getting caught? What? Getting caught on a rock well, with Timmy Armstrong? Now. Well, no, no. <laughs> now, Teddy, Teddy, I'll tell you a true story. Nepo will back me up on this. He knows it. He knows it better than I do. Does it involve me? Well, it was a family that had the colony in a hotel for a while. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, well, we spoke of them in, uh, with Chuka the other day. I think you did. Yeah. I think there was a couple of sons, Andy and... Uh, Paul. Paul. And I happened to be doing security one night and called in at the hotel. I wasn't doing security at the hotel, but I knew who was there. Mm. You, Nipper, you were there. Andy was there. Who else? Somebody behind the bar. Possibly Tim Donnell. But there was a... Stack of bingo tickets about that high. Yeah. And there was a bowl next on the table. And these guys were sitting there with a knife, the chrome knife, just inside the ticket to see if it had a prize in it. Close it up. No, no prize in that one. Now looking at the at the image on the steel on blade the knife, of the knife. Yeah. Highland. Uh-huh. Can you remember it? I do remember it. The funny sitting thing there is, with funny thing is we didn't win anything. And then you put them all back in the, in yeah. the machine, yeah. did you? Yeah, they kept the winning ones. That was nearly as good as the night in the Barnett's Hotel when the money got jammed in the pool machine and <laughs> someone, Billy Matthews, came out from behind the bar to unjam it and when he pulled the thing out that you put your money in, the whole money box fell on the ground with probably $101 coins in it spread over the whole floor. So everyone in the pub, and it was like a Monday night, Everyone's just dived on the coins and grabbed them and picked up their pockets and, and Billy couldn't do anything. So everyone goes up the bar, I'll have a pot and started paying in dollar coins. Billy said, right, that's it. Not taking any more dollar coins for payment. It's absolutely hilarious. And uh, we used to get it. Yeah, that was one of the scary things about misbehaving in your youth that you weren't, as, you weren't, afraid, of, weren't afraid of getting caught by the police. It was Lonty sneaking around in the security mm. van with the torch yep. and, you yep. know, you might be coming out of um, a young lady's house that um, you shouldn't have been at. else knowing mm. about and then Lonty mm. drives past and bips the horn. <laughs> Can you remember the under-15, under-18 trip to Bendigo? You you and Mitch, I can't remember who was driving the bus. It wasn't Mitch. No, 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 you and Mitch, but... Uh, you and Mitch and a couple of others went to the races at, uh, yeah, at Epsom. Epsom. Yeah. And we left the, the players in the cabins that we organised yeah. at Epsom. The Gold Nugget Caravan Park. Yeah. We got home from the, the racetrack and I reckon it was pretty late in the night that we got home and all we could hear was this choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. We got inside the park and here's all our illustrious players doing a train around the cabins. I, I do to, remember that. I went to a lady the next day at the caravan park. She said, you're more than welcome here any time. 
you were no problem. Which mm. was fantastic. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, surprising we had, when you, when had, you remember the blokes who were on that footy trip. Yeah, we had Swooper drunk by the time we got to Ferry Park in Anarchy. Yeah, Swooper <laughs> was done. Yeah. Done and dusted. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was, he was. Wayne Lockyer was on that trip. Yeah, Glenn, Steve Hulo was on that trip. Glenny. Both Hulos were there, I think, yeah. Steve and, and George. Georgie. Yeah. Um, Quino was oh, on it. Quino was a, yeah, yeah. Quino. Phil Walter was on it. Phil. I think Mick might have been driving the bus. I think Mick might have been driving the bus too when we, um, short story, Clive West had set up with the press at Orby Wodonga that the Bowernets Football Club were visiting Orby Wodonga and they were going to do some service work. They were going to clean down historical historical society uh, facade of their building and the um, tourism centre. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the Barnes Football Club players were going to come up and do wash all this down as a sign of uh, goodwill for the good people of all we And we did that on the Saturday morning, got the photo in the paper. Anyway, we did the job, washed everything down. Clive was absolutely wrapped, taking photos, and the photo was going to be in the paper on the Monday because there's no Sunday paper. And on the Saturday night... The boys got on the Terps, Armstrong and uh, Sizer, Milesy, Matty Walter. They turned the motel upside down. Beds were lifted up. They put shit all over the mirrors. and So we got out fairly early the next morning. Mm-hmm. There was only one problem. You remember this part of the story. Shane Ryan got left behind. That's right. Yes, I do remember that one. He had to catch, had to catch a train from Albuquerque to Bendigo. Where was he? He was still asleep. Oh, okay. But he obviously wasn't in the motel with you, Blakes. Yeah, he was in the motel, but in a different room. He just didn't wake up. I remember that, yeah. But he'd go on that trip. I don't know where I was then. No, he didn't go on that trip. Did you go to the one... 94 or 93? To Bendigo, where young Smalley, Travis was a bit of a wild child, Um, they wouldn't let him into the hotel. I can't remember the name of the hotel. Anyway, he got... That was at He got... They wouldn't let him in the pub at Warrnambool. That was the Grand Hotel at Warrnambool. Is that the one where he set fire to the guy's shirt? Uh, Yes, I think so. And on his way, there was a Jeff Fennick fight on. Yeah. That night, and we went down and we we zoomed down to Warrnambool to try and catch the Fennick fight because Joffa wanted to watch the Fennick fight. He was, Mm. and so we got down there. Michael and Nigel Cole had it then. Yep. I'd been talking to Coley all week and saying, "How many are coming?" And like. You know, you have blokes drop out and then blokes are like, oh, yeah, I can come and yeah. the, we weren't going to come. Anyway, so we're looking after numbers and I said to him, and he's, he said, I'm putting on a lamb roast for you. So, you know, it's part of the room cost and everything. So yep. I think we had a problem with the bus and we're a bit late and we're later and later and later. Joffa's getting more and more annoyed. Mm. And because, you know, the fight, the Fennec, the main bout's not on till later in the night. So yep. I'm not going to miss the Fennec fight. But Joffa was keen. I think he knew a couple of blokes that were fighting in the undercard, so yep. he wants to get there and have a look at that. Anyway, we get there, and we walk in the, into the pub. There's, there's nine meals, or not, you know, 19 meals, or however many people mm. there are, out on the table, and we all just hoffing oh, into them because we're all starving, getting beers and all that sort of thing. Then there's these two piles of plates sitting on a table under the big television that everyone, pubs full, yeah. people watching this fight. By this stage, Smalley has fallen down drunk, and Coley didn't want to let him in. But we said we've got to let him in because he's young, and we 
I mean, I think yeah. he was 18, but only just. Yeah. And we, we'll look after him. And so Coley's going, well, you know, if he causes one bit of problem and then he went in and set light to some bloke's shirt. Yeah. So Joffre and I got to get him out because the bouncers want to kill him. And Joffre's, Joffre and I said, no, like, we'll be, we'll be right. We'll sort him out. <laughs> we've got, we've got an arm over each shoulder. Joffre and I dragging him out. And as we walk out, Smalley loosens an arm, knocks all the plates that are stacked up on this table, all of them off, like a Greek wedding. And then with the other arm, he pulls out all of the wires that are hanging down from under the television that's got the Fennec fight, which is in round one. Pulled the whole lot down. And Joffa just says to me, let's just keep going. So him and I put Smalley in the bus and went to another pub. There's a pub across the road. We went to the pub across the road, and we could just hear this mayhem going on in the pub behind us. Oh, we came back about half an hour later, very sheepishly, and they got the telly going. Oh, it was mag- magnificent. You would have seen some funny things over your journey. Oh, you? shit, yeah. You know, some late nights at the old club rooms. When, yep. Yeah. When uh, liquor licensing rules weren't as stringent as what they are today. And oh, um, we had some big nights here at the football conference. Some very late nights. And sometimes we'd have working bees during the night where you mm. might sort of, you know, polish the floor. And, yes. You know, oh, yes. Very, very Is, Was of, you involved in that one? No, I was involved in that with a very good friend of mine, Mick Bamford, the late Mick Bamford. And uh, we were having a do. I think it might have been the next night. But the club rooms were shocking. So Mick and I decided that we would um, reseal the floor, the whole floor, in the club rooms. Big room. Yeah, it's a big room. We started, and Mick had the slabber cans in the car, cold, and uh, I reckon we worked till around about four o'clock in the morning. We completely sanded the floor with a sanding machine. Yes. And then completely resealed it. But, of course, the alcohol and the fumes from the the polyurethane that we were using to seal the floor. Got the better of you. Well, in those days, we didn't wear masks yeah, or anything. Yeah. Not like we are got, today. Got, got the better of us. But anyway, the thing is, we did the floor. We got it polished. We knocked off a few cans. And I thought you were going to say you had the cans at one end of the floor and, and it <laughs> no, was no, wet no, and no, you no. at the other end. No, and then um, I went to sleep in the back of my panel van. And I was woken the next day after Bonnie had frantically been phoning and looking around because she knew it was my car, but nobody had actually checked in the car to see if I was still there. So about half past nine, quarter to ten in the morning, Bonnie finally found asleep in the bloody back of my panel van. That as I'd... high as a kite. <laughs> I wasn't as high as a kite, but I was pretty pretty knackered. I was pretty knackered from, uh, yeah, from, from, from working. The other funny part of that story is I'd driven Mick home and without a word of a lie, we're driving down Ocean Thruway and the bloody passenger side door opens. <laughs> I said, Mick, what are you doing? And he's pulled the door closed. He said, Brian and Keith want a hand with the piano. Oh, right. <laughs> he was talking about Brian Jones and, and Keith, Keith Richards Richard. from the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Who, was, who was, I've still got one of Mick's books here from the Rolling Stones he gave me before he passed away. Um, yeah, he was. He wanted to get out of the car and give him a hand with the piano. <laughs> I got him home. And you'd been drinking with him. Yeah. And you'd been painting the floor with yeah. him. But and I you left were driving. Him, I left him in his car, in his car, at his place. I left him there. In his car, at his place? Well, I couldn't get into the house. <laughs> no, you drop so and I, run. I left him there. 
It's a drive oh, by. But I was, I think I was telling Nipper uh, another funny occasion I had was that the some of the boys from the Barnet Football Netball Club, of course, had a basketball team in at at um, Surfside for yes. a number of years. As a security guard, I used to call in and do a security at the Max. And the boys were up there after, I think it might have been after either a grand final or a premiership night. They were all up there. Sizer and uh, um, Barham, uh, Johnny Maguire. Yeah. Goose. Um, yeah. Goose, yeah. Yeah, Goose. Goose, Goose Um Who else was in the oh. car? Mick Turner, Rick Barham. Me having a panel van. That was their transport home. Oh, I'm, talking, I'm talking half past 11 at night, quarter yes. to 12 at night. Yes. This was their transport home back to Barwon Heads. Mm-hmm. I had Maguire in the front with me and somebody next to Maguire, and it might have been Ricky Barham. The rest were all in the back. Mm. And they started firing up at Maguire about what a weak footballer he was and all this, this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, Barham, you know, you never played a bloody AFL game or VFL game in your life. You're a weak prick. And it was on for young and old. In the back of my panel vanish, it was rocking. They were, <laughs> you know, I was glad to get rid of them all at their various locations in Barnheads, but it kept up all the way to Barnheads and into the bloody main street of Barnheads, and then I dropped Barham off at Stephen's Parade, and he was still he was still mouthing off. <laughs> goose. As I was leaving, yeah, yeah, Goose McCoy. Yeah, they got stuck in him. I don't know why. I'm I'm, I'm not. He played For listeners good... that don't remember your panel van, yep. it wasn't a big panel van, was it? Oh, it was a little escort. It was an right? escort panel van. Escort panel van. So, yeah, yeah that's a little bit, paints yeah, a different a bit, picture yeah, well, when you've got a bloke in the front seat and someone in the middle. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. they're not... Well, it, maybe that's what got up got up uh, Maguire's core, that the fact that he was handbrake. sitting on the handbrake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Possibly. I'm not sure. But, yeah. but you know, it's... it's, it's, it's hey. And you were yeah. going over all the yeah. bumps. Well, but it's, you... it's stories and memories like that that keep recurring. Yep, they just keep popping you up. You see somebody and you think, you know, you. that happened in 1982. Yeah, that yeah. happened in 1987. You're was... pretty good at remembering what years. How do you reference that the, that was Russell's chair, by the way, everybody? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> we, do, we do condone farting on air here, but that yeah, wasn't no, one no, of them. That wasn't flatulence. You wouldn't here if it was. Uh, how do you reference those years? How do you get that? No, I've been I, good at that. I think years, momentous years, stand out in your mind. 93 will always stay in my mind. 2019 will always stay in my mind. 94, when I got the life membership, will stay in my mind. So there's there's things that trigger, you know. I mean, I, I wrote wrote some notes, but I haven't had to basically use them. Yep. You know, um, things like took a piece, four league goal kicking, mm. in, not in a row, three, yep. a mess of one, yep. one. You know, Mitchy uh, uh, Phelpsy. Yeah. Yes. Goal kicker. Yeah. Lucas Murphy. Lucas Murphy's the other one. Lucas Murphy got two. Two. Yep. Got two. Mm. Yeah. League best and fairest winners. Starting yeah. way back Dennis Johnson when he got two in a row. Yeah. You know, we've had we've had five or six yeah. league best and fairest winners. Yeah. John yeah. Taylor. Yep. Jeff Fry. Jeff Taylor. Jeff Fry. Yeah. No, um, Mark Hildo. Yeah. Matt Matty Dyer last year. Matt yeah. Dyer. Uh, sorry, year before. No. Yeah. Matty Dyer, two thousand eighteen. No, yeah. nineteen. 18. No, 18. 18. 18, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we've had our share of... Oh, we've had some pretty good yeah. players come through and do well at our at our footy club over yeah. the years. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Well, 
Manny Maguire went on to play X amount for St Kilda and Brisbane. And, um, yeah. and Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll have more in the years to come. Yes, well, it's... Well, we've got a couple running around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, young Ned McKendry made his debut the other yeah. week at yeah. I reckon I could get a game for the Crows at the moment. But yeah, they're, not, they're doing a bit tough, aren't they're they? They're not looking for a fat sentiment, so they'll... Huh? Why would you play in the centre? They're, they're not looking for a bloke who can't do a piece of bootlaces. Back pocket. Yeah. Lonty, <laughs> you were a... Um, what was the word you used before, Teddy? It wasn't power broker. Positions of responsibility. When you were in positions of responsibility at a football club, you would have had a lot to do with um, opposition people in the same yep. standing. Yep. You know, so you'd be in at the president's lunch and that sort yep. of thing. Um, people like Gavin Lug and... And yeah. as I said before, what's your name from, from Amos? Um, I think that's where Russell's Bruce, taking, Bruce, taking Bruce Harwood was at Amos when you Bruce, were there. Yeah, Bruce Harwood. He was, was a, president. He was, a, he was a great... He had a lot of hospitality skills, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Did he look after you? He looked after me. He looked after me very well, thank you very much. Was this, oh, yeah. You were the away, the away president, oh, were you? I was the, the away president. president. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Now, just you, I, have you you've had a couple of stints as president, have you? Not just one? I had uh, five. Uh, I relinquished in uh, 93 to a guy called Grant Pocock. Yes. Mm. And I was vice president, and I was asked by the committee to visit the Pocock residence and ask for Grant to stand down yes. as president. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so oh, which sorry, I did. Back to your Bruce Harwood story, sorry. Because mm. yeah. this is a bit so Bruce, so Bruce, would... Bruce is a very good host. Uh, yeah, he was. So tell me, uh, what, what, what did he do to you? Uh, uh, he, he didn't do anything. I think it was self inflicted. Um, I'd had a good first two quarter session with a few cans of scotch and cola. That's, you know, that's before half time. That's not too bad. I had a good session in, in the rooms at the half time break. I think I made a good speech which uh, all those present were very grateful. And then I continued to go out with Bruce onto the balcony at, um, and indulge in some more uh, light-hearted banter and some refreshments. And then did and you I think, on that night? I, I think uh, the refreshments carried on till at least an hour after the game when I said that I That's had to be... the hardest at, hour. Yeah, I had absolutely. to be at, um, at the Will Exchange Hotel because Jeff Miller had organised a, a night for... The Bowenitz Football Netball Club at the Wool Exchange. Oh, right. To this day, I don't know how I got to the Wool Exchange, but when my wife arrived there, when my late wife arrived there, uh, everybody was looking for me, but I couldn't be found. Missing um, in action. Could say that, missing in action. I'd managed to uh, get myself through the kitchen at the Wool Exchange and out through the back door. Did you and have your silent security hat on? No, I didn't. <laughs> um but I do remember being found under the trees in the driveway of the the back entry to the Wool Exchange by a not very, uh, not very happy, pleased. happy partner, yes. wife, um, yes. to which I was bundled in the car. Called, they call you the tea bag because you're in hot water. Hot water. And I got um, driven home. He left me in the car, came inside, went to bed. <laughs> I was in the doghouse for a few days. Yeah, it was a good day. It wasn't such a good night. But, Apparently. Uh, yeah. So Bruce looked but after you. Bruce looked after me very well, so if, if Bruce, is, Bruce is listening in, 
G'day, Bruce. G'day, Bruce. Thanks, 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 thanks. Bruce. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the current, maybe the current president oh, of Amateurs could. He'd, he'd, he'd do worse. Yeah. He'd do worse. He'd have me in concrete. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, Londy, I was re- I was looking for your phone number a few weeks ago and mm. silent security and different things around the place, and I thought that I might find your phone number online somehow. So mm. I did a Google search for you, and the okay. first thing that came up was a very interesting in- interview or retrospective or something like that about about you that it's was a bit done bio. In, wasn't it, it was a bio done in the in the Ocean Grove Voice. Oh yep, yep. About your heritage and your mm. your journey to Australia, because for yep. those who don't know Simon, Simon is an immigrant, a, a a person from another country, I'm from the flatlands. He's yeah. like many people in Ocean Grove, and Ocean yep. Grove is, is after Amsterdam, the second biggest Dutch city in the world, almost, yeah. isn't it? Could be. There's that yeah, many Dutch right. people in Bowenheads yeah, in Ocean Grove. There's Dutch people. Mm. Yeah, there still are in yes. Ocean Grove. There were a lot more in the early days when we were all living in Windeen. Yes. Um, a lot of mo- Did a you lot come of Dutch- to Bonagilla? Yeah, Go came through Bonagilla. Yep. And then yep. Norlane? Or did you come no, straight no, to Windoon? Bonagilla to Windoon. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, the late Jack Wynn imported his, uh, or, or built his, um, the old army huts. Oh, the Nissen huts, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Or well, don't yeah. remember it. I've seen a lot of photos of it. Because mm. mm. I, I worked with Martin Clabbers yeah. for many years. And Martin he, would have he hundreds of photos. Similar of her- heritage to you, yes. Mm. Yeah, Martin's a Dutchman as well, isn't he? Yeah. Clabbers. Yeah. Were you a fair star? Boy or the Fair Sea? Fair Sea. Yeah, he came yeah. out on the Fair Sea too, but yeah. I think a different year to you. Yeah. I went on the Fair Star one. We, yes, we, well, the Fair Star... It was a fallacy too. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. We left. Of course, an, an ex-Bowenheads uh, player, one of three brothers who played for the club, was the only right footer out of those three. I think he ended up in hospital on the Fair Star because he uh, over-imbibed. Ooh. Young Craig Sotomarco. Oh, Craig. Ooh. He, um, he had a very great story. It took him about an hour to tell us one night. It was a magnificent story about the Fair Star. Mm. But those ships brought many people out from Europe and especially Holland after I, war. In the I think on our on late ours, 40s. It might be in that article you referred to, but I think there was 840 of us came on the, the Fair Sea. Yes. Mm. And did you speak? How old were you? Five. Five. You would have spoken. Born in no forty-seven. English. Forty-seven. We left Rotterdam in late fifty-two, and arrived in Fremantle early fifty or March fifty-three. Mm. Yep. And yeah. and uh, could you speak English then, you or any of your family? No, the kids could. You could. The kids. Well, because we were speaking to people on the sh- on the ship as well, but. Brother John went to school, of course, in Holland. Yes. And part of, even in those days. They were learning English. They were learning English. Yeah. yeah. My, we, my, had, we had no problem assimilating once we went to school. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't, because half the school was Dutch. Dutch <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, no, but, yeah. you know, the Germans, the Kids Polish, the Russians, they all had the same, the same problem yes, as us. We wanted to learn Australian. We, so we found out from Chucky in our last yeah. episode, there was quite a few Polish people that were in Ocean Grove as well at the same yeah. time. Well, Chooker was, Chooker was a groomsman at my wedding mm. in 71. Oh, Chooker. Mm. I was nearly going to pose that as a, as a question for you. 
Oh, there you go. But I was going to say, I was going to say that that he was. If I had opposed that question, I was going to say that Chuka was my best man at my wedding. He wasn't. My brother was. So there you go. Yeah. And how many in your family, Monty? Brother John. Yes. Peter's deceased. Yes. Peter Peter died of um, mesothelioma. Yeah, from. Cancer. Asbestos? Yeah, asbestos, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a, being a tradie, mm-hmm. used to, they used to cut it by hand. Yes. Yeah, up in Leopold. Yep. Yeah. So there's only um, there's only brother John, who just celebrated his 74th birthday. I was up there in Yarra Glen two weeks ago to help him celebrate. And yeah. your mum and yeah, dad? Mum, mum's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, obviously. Yeah. Mum and dad are both passed both on. Both gone, yeah, but yeah, but when on. you came out, it must have been a big thing. It was, was it was it frightening or exciting? I think it was exciting for the kids. Yes. Yeah. And to come to a place like Ocean Grove... Oh, yeah. It would have yeah. been... But, and I don't know where that story alludes to it, that, you know, the time we... What happened was that the the families came into Fremantle on the ship, on the PSC. It docked. The women and children stayed in Fremantle. The men came across by train to Melbourne and Geelong to seek work. Once they'd found work and found somewhere, you know, decent yeah. where, they, where they could work, like Alcoa... Yeah. Henderson's Shell International Harvester mm-hmm. Shell Yeah well, A lot of men Went to Shell But once were... Once they got that work Then the women and children Were allowed to come across To Bonagilla So the men would only go home On the weekend Up to Bonagilla To mm-hmm. be with them How long were you in Bonagilla for? Uh, seven months Eight months mm-hmm. was, Wasn't long Because the men then found Windoon And got themselves In the in the little units At, at, at Windoon Said I'm sick of going up to Bonagilla Come down here to Ocean Grove Oh yeah yeah. yeah, but the men on on a weekend night would go out rabbiting out to Colondina. Bonnie Vale Road on the hill there. Yeah, yeah. Well, before the caravan park was there. Mm. They go rabbiting there. Mm. Yeah. Bring home the rabbits, fresh yep. rabbits. Mm. And the girls would cook them. There were some brilliant nights at Wind. What did you cook them in? What were they cooked in the rabbits? They had those big copper pots. Oh, I thought you might have used Dutch ovens. No, Dutch ovens. <laughs> Get out of <laughs> I couldn't resist He's that terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> You're some, an idiot. some magnificent nights. And while I'm on the subject of Windeen, would be uh, prudent of me to tell your listeners also that if they have a look at the the wall in the terrace on the Coles wall, yes, um, there is a Dutch that family was mentioned. at the uh, entrance to Windeen, which is the old house, which was the entrance to Windeen, is still there, but mm-hmm. it's now called Tea Tree Village at the front. Yep. yep. Um, but that is. Uh, John and Christina Lont, and they're, they're two of their kids, Simon yeah. and John, at there the at the front gate in national Dutch costume. Dutch costume. Yeah. Dress on, yeah. Is it a dress or is it a kilt or is it a what's it called? Clog. The clog. Clog. Clogs what you wear on your feet, aren't they? That's right. I've got you clogs got on, clogs pants, on. and then you've, you've got your rubber clogs I, on tonight. My brother and I have both got a pipe. <laughs> pipe. Mm. A pipe. A pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dad used to smoke a pipe. Yep. So we thought we'd have a pipe as well. Yep. Yeah. And you were, what, 10? But, no, I wouldn't have even been that. Eight, seven. But no, some really good nights when doing just to... But there would have been listen, smoking pipes at listen 10 to and wearing clogs. Well, I can tell you now that old man Jack Jack Wynn, he had feet like leather because in those days there was no main road through the beach. It was all sand dunes. Oh, and... It would get that hot the sand, you know, you couldn't walk on it. Yeah. But old Jack would put two on each one on each shoulder and he'd walk us across to the beach. Oh yeah. Then again he used to like all the German and Polish and Dutch sausage that we used to feed him too. Mm. 
because uh, or made out of rabbit. Mate, no, 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 no. no these <laughs> were the good Dutch ovens. The, these were the good roquewursts. Yeah, yeah, or the Tukesni sausages. Beautiful. But at night there'd be fifteen, twenty in these small little huts. The men would be playing the harmonicas. One of the girls would be singing, and it was just as kids, where they're sitting in their beds, which was only a curtain across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's what it was. Yeah. Or we'd be outside. Outside playing. And, yeah. Uh, and just the smoked eels and the rabbits and the... Oh, yeah, and living, and living 100 eels. yards from the beach. And yeah, 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 absolutely. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a and crap then, and life, then, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, and then you cross yeah. the bridge and it's even better. <laughs> well, yeah, it was too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how I got introduced to the Trout on the Wing. Yes. In those early years. I think Alan Fry mentioned in his podcast about the tree. But, you know, it'd be me and Alan Fry, Terry, there'd be kids would Lindsay climb up boys. into that bloody tree. And as he said, that, that, that big branch that hung over the ground, yes, you could almost touch you, yeah. you know. Yep. Well, and I'd get there and watch. We've told the story and you, we, we brought his name up earlier, Swooper Marshman. Uh, yeah. One day fell out of the tree on the wing. On the wing. And landed on the playing field. He just got up and climbed yeah. straight back up the tree. Yeah. Didn't spill a drop. I used to love watching some of those. <laughs> well, he wasn't on that source. Come man. down he that was eight. <laughs> oh. some, we had some brilliant footballers in those days when we used to sit up in that tree yeah. and watch. Oh, yeah. Who were those? Who were the blokes you used to watch then? Oh, Good gosh. question, Nipper. Used to love Russ Sayers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reggie Pierce. Yeah, Reggie. Freddie Wilmore. was a tough nut. Johnny Druce. Druce, but later on, guys like. Jeffrey Nicholson. Oh, jeez. He could run. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could move, that man. Um, you know, later on, Seagull Enor, Jimmy, Jimmy Enor. Oh, yeah. Was, loved watching Jimmy on that yeah. left, left foot. Oh, yeah. Hildo, loved watching Hildo play. Jimmy's got, Jimmy has got the great... The, I, don't, I don't reckon this has been done more than a couple of times in the history of the footy club. Jimmy Enor won a Battle of the Bridge after the siren. That's right. In, nine, I reckon, 1992, we beat them at Bowen Heads. Was that Bowen Heads? Hill, in front of the hill. on the grandstand side of the ground. After the siren. Mm. Yep. And he put a dead through the bloody middle. Yep. Mm. And from, I reckon, 45. That could have been very different, that ending, because I was sitting on the bench mm. and Mick Turner was sitting next to me and he said, we just need a bigger bloke. Teddy, get ready to go on. You're going to go down the forward line. Sent the runner out, which I reckon was Gavin Brown, and said, Brownie, go out and get Jimmy Enor and bring him off. And Jimmy Enor was running off the ground, and the ball got kicked, Mm. and he marked it. And he turned around. Imagine if it had been me. No, Teddy, you could have been asking him more. No. He was was far enough out that I wouldn't have got it there. He didn't kick it. It wasn't that far, but it was a magnificent... Ours wasn't a 50-metre arc. Was probably closer no, to 45, 40, 42 to 45. If you put the 50 metre but arcs, they touch think, each other in well, the centre. I think it was about 60 metres for the arc. Yeah, that was. Because <laughs> I kicked that, one out of the centre oh, one day, bullshit. so that would have been 95 and a half metres. But I mean, that was the sort of stuff that my kinraid from the league was bringing up with me in the early years when we used to have our differences. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. oh your line's only 42 metres, it's not 50 metres. Jesus Christ. Uh, I had a, a love-hate relationship with him, I can read, particularly over clearances and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're waiting for a guy to be cleared to your club, because, you know, in some of those years we, we were struggling, you know, when you're waiting for a clearance 
from from Melbourne for a guy like Greg Sizer or South Barland for Peter White or, you know, Mm. any of those sorts of boys. Mm. You want them in your side. Yeah. You don't be sitting around stuffing around waiting for it, you know. Yeah, not only because they're good, but they actually make up numbers that we struggle with a lot too. Yeah. I remember vividly early uh, 15s, 18s, where we we ended up down at Anglesey. There was still mist over the ground. There was kangaroo shit all over the little pods everywhere. We had 12 players. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Well, we couldn't start unless we had a minimum of 14. Mm. So Anglesey had given us a couple of players. Yep. They'd reduced their numbers from 18 to 16, and mm-hmm. we had we had 14. And there was a whole heap of kids hanging over the fence from some school camp group. I walked over and said, any of you blokes got boots with you? Can you play football? Oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. So four of them came over and pulled a pair of boots on and put a bow and jumper on them and gave Anglesey back their, their players. Yeah. yeah, we played out the game. Yeah. yeah. We got beaten, but yeah. the thing was we, we gave all those kids a game of football, yeah. and I think that's what it's about. Yeah. Hey, tell me about the Peter captain Cox. of the under-15 team in 61, Lonky. Peter Cox. Peter Cox. Yeah. Big yeah. unit. A big, over six foot. Under-15, so he'd be yeah. 14 years old. Yeah. He towers over everyone else. Yep. Yeah. Have a look at him. Good footballer yeah, yeah. and good, good nice cricketer. Summer. Good football, good Where cricketer. Was he, was he Ocean Grove boy? Or yes, Barney? Peter Cox, yeah. yeah. I don't know how we got him to bow. Well, he would have come out. He must have jumped in Vern Fry's car. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, well, he wouldn't have fit it in. He wouldn't yeah. have fit it in Vern's car. Geez, you've gone through a great list of names, Lonty, of pretty much the people that are on the honour boards. You could just read through it. You've, you've either worked with, seen yep. them play, yep. been president while they were in action or mm. whatever. You must have made some great friendships out, out of the footy club. You're a very w- highly regarded person at our mm. footy club. Obviously, yep. your life membership says that. Yep. You must have some great mates that you've got out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. There's a great cluster of people, present, past, and I hope for a lot of years into the future, that that will remain, you know, the Richard Griggs, the Clive Wests, the Kenny Pearsons, more, more recent, I suppose, Herbie. All the presidents who I had my photo taken with, great people, they will stay with me. And I hope there's more to come in the future. But the current crop of people that I see that are running the Barnett's Football Club is one of the best culture of people I've seen in that is keeping a good club together for the future. Yes. And they're doing that purely... Not for self-satisfaction, but for giving something back to the town where they are. And, and what more could you ask for? You know, mm. you've got some some great people, and they're all committed to the one cause, and that is to the benefit of the Barnage Football Netball Club, um, whether that be boys' football or girls' football. Yes, and netball. So many netball. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, They're all a, working for the one cause. As we've spoken with Tim Goddard about it, when we used to have four football teams, mm. four or five six netball. netball, six or maybe seven netball mm. teams, yeah. and now the we, have, yeah, yeah. we have 20, more than 20 teams yeah. um, through different levels of girls' football, boys' football, yeah. um, an Auskick program that's really going well. 
all of those teams nearly last year, all of them that do play finals did. Yeah. So yeah. not all the competitions that kids play yeah. and have finals, but all the ones where they do have finals, they mm. did. Yeah. They that never happened for us, no. you know. Nipper and I, and Nipper only played a couple of finals. Three. Yeah, I only two played losing, three. Two losing, one winning. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know the, the 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 good memories, as I said before, will stay with you. You know, guys like Coops at Drysdale. I mean, you know, a drunk scoreboard attendant, <laughs> Coops. I. A quarter over at Drysdale was going for 33 minutes and everybody was asking why there was no siren. Coops and Richard Grigg had been up there all afternoon because I was doing the running with, yeah. the, with the beer. Yeah. To the box, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they consumed it well over a slab between them. Yeah. And they were just sitting there chatting, were they? Yeah. Not, not paying much attention to yeah. the clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good grief. Yeah. It's funny but when you... know, you... Coops, as I said before, Ken Pearson... Gabby Lug from Anglesey, uh, Kebby Thomas from from um, Newcomb. Yeah. You still see him in the street today. G'day. Mm. How are you? It's, and that's great. That's yeah. recognition for what's happened over the, the previous years. But yes. they still remember you, yeah. which is good. I used to love getting up and making the speeches at half time because there was always something new that you could pass on, whether it was a bad time you had at the club or you know whether the club was... Hello, we've, we've just struck two or three wins in a row. Let's keep it going, all that sort of stuff. And I think we were one of the trendsetters as far as putting on a good afternoon tea. Not like some of these clubs that one plate of biscuits and a... Yeah. I reckon we started that trend of, of clubs. Yes. Putting on a nice, good spread. Oh, the spreads. And the bonnies. The spreads are incredible now. They're yeah, yeah. Well, they, they've got better and better over the years. Yes. But I, I think, you know... The, the late Bonnie used to, and the girls, you know, whether it was Eva working with her or, or some of the some of the netballers or some of the footballers, they'd always put on a good, a good honest spread yes. for the afternoon. I remember one time when I was I was coaching the seconds. I reckon I played in the seniors. Mm. Um, somebody said sent me in at half time to get something, and I, I went into the rooms. And there's this magnificent spread of pies and cakes and everything like this. Went back down to the box. Wow and I were sitting on the bench. And yeah, wow, I said to Wow, you want to go up there and have a look? So he did. And he oh. came back with two party pies. And I said, oh, you brought me one. He said, no, I didn't. Would you like me to go back? <laughs> <laughs> like, he said, hey, how's the yeah. spread up there? It was yeah, unbelievable. No, it was good. Mm. I reckon we started that within the league. I don't, know, I don't reckon there was another club that put on a good spread like us before that. Anglesey were pretty good. Anglesey were pretty good. I remember good, yeah. going to an Anglesey yeah, President's no. lunch once. I must have been out injured. Possibly could have been suspended. But anyway, I wasn't playing. You weren't suspended. Um, you only got suspended once in your whole bloody career. Yeah, well, I did miss a couple of weeks. I think we abused an umpire. Anyway. Um, no, probably been and I reckon way. Alan Fry was president then. If he wasn't president, he came to the President's lunch anyway. And he said to me, he took me under his wing and he said, I'll show you how this works. And I said, right, what do we do? I said, because I remember distinctly there was a lot of food there. And I said, look at all the food. And he said, don't worry about the food. At the end of the president's lunch, there is always food left over. They stopped the beer. 
And I said, so what do we do? He said, you drink as much beer as you can and then you fill your pockets with food. And I said, all right. So I did exactly as Alan told me and consumed as much beer as I could in the (laughs) 10 or 12 minutes that you've got. Filled your pockets with... Filled me pockets with party pies (laughs) and cocktail franks and some sandwiches and I was right for the rest of the day. Now, Lonty, we're going to go back to our two truths and a lie. Oh, okay. A very quick synopsis of them again, so that Nipper and I can uh, reacquaint ourselves with what they were. Yeah, I, I get married Somebody. to my late wife on the 17th of 1971. A club committee man was married on the same day and date, but not in the same city. He has three sons who have all, or one, is still playing for the Barnett Football Netball Club. Yeah, that's okay. it. All right, yeah. okay. You got any daughters? Hmm? Has he got no, any daughters? No daughters. No, no, no. Uh, Wayne, like it, well, as, as the club advocate, I represented him three times on three occasions at the BFL Tribunal. Yes. He got suspended once. And Played cricket on? at three yeah. BPCA cricket clubs, Ocean Grove, Barnett and Wallington. And while you were telling that, it almost came out of my mouth, but I didn't say well, it. I didn't say it. Look at the photo. But I did remember that you had played cricket at Wallington and Barnett and Ocean Grove. Yeah. I don't reckon Wayne Lockyer ever got off at the Tribunal. I don't reckon he only went up three times. <laughs> Talking when I was when you were there when I was coach. Oh, yeah. So he was coach. when Lonnie was the advocate. He got, he got him off once, twice, twice. Well, I don't reckon story. you got it. I don't reckon you ever got him. I off. reckon the first one. It's, it's you all, can't make it, that up. No, there's enough detail it's for too them much to be detail, true. Yeah. And the cricket one. There was a bar played the player. at Ocean Grove with. Uh, Johnny Fry. I saw Johnny. I just had a sneaky yeah. look at that picture there. Premiership <laughs> photo. Yeah, Staggers was in the same side. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going with you, Teddy. I'm going Lockie. Uh, Wayne Lockie. Which one is it, Lonty? We both reckon it's Lockie. It's Lock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And is our reasoning right that we reckon he never got off? No, he got off once. Got once. Off once. <laughs> yeah. The other two times he was suspended. Uh, what, yeah. two weeks and four weeks. The middle one is Bernie McCartney. Bernie oh, right. Oh. Bernie got married the same at Swan Hill while I was being yeah. married in Geelong. Same time. Heath, I think, is still playing. No, the Ox is... He's... No. Ox is not playing. He played no. last year, didn't he? Ooh. A few games in the Rezies. Maybe not. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. And there's one I've seen him on the hill a few times. Yeah. Hey? I've seen him on the hill a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He joins in the merriment up there. Um, yeah, so that was Bernie. Bernie got married... We quite often used to catch up at the Barnet Hotel on that on the seventeenth of the fourth, and Bernie and Faye would be there, and Heather and I'd be there having a, having a meal the same night, there celebrating the oh, celebrating your wedding anniversary. Yeah, celebrating. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So mine will be small. Seventy one will be fifty years next year. Yeah. God, and uh, fancy day getting married on the same day, and you both end up presidents of the footy club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what are you doing now, Lonty? What are you? What keeps you busy? What keeps Obviously, you busy? Your, your Heather's been gone a couple of years now. Three years Three, yeah. next week. Yeah. 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 And you, you, so, you took off for a while. Did, did yeah, you know I did. You did, I did the uh, Camino. Did the Camino in Spain. Yeah. 552 kilometres over 29 days, which was great. Is that in and the car? Walking. Yeah, he's walking. Yeah, walking. And then uh, last year I did India. 14 days of trekking in India. That would have been interesting. Yeah, it was good. Was good. Did you see any cricket? No. no. I was hoping I might meet a couple of cricketers, but no. What's the one you just Captain recently Sandorka. did? No, I haven't done it. 
No, the one you just recently did up the Murray River or something. What was that in your camper van? No, I just, yeah, I just... Is that just I a drunken weekend away? Took off. No, no, I was away for a while. I took off and did um, the bottom end of New South Wales, Finley, Deniloquin, all through that way. Yeah, all through the Riviera. Yeah, Rina. yeah and then across the Wentworth. The Riverina. The Riverina. Riverina. Yeah, came back down through Wentworth and uh, 680k. I did in that little trip. Five weeks ago, I did um, start off in Burragurra Forest, mm-hmm. Colac, Biak, Skipton. Good, Stavich, you can do that Stavich all in a day. Week. Well, you can if you want to, <laughs> but no, it took, took me time. Ended yeah, up at the farm you? at the Royal, uh, spent three or four days there, and then drove home. What's the yeah. farm at the Real? Uh, it's called the Health Farm. Oh, right. Um, it's a good place to relax, drink, squirt. Cook over the detox center or something. Cook over the open fire and um, yeah, just relax. Brilliant. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Licensed, licensed health farm. No, the, it's not licensed. It, we call it the health farm, but it's not a health farm. It's just a, it's just a, a twenty acre block oh. full of trees and hills and yabbies and all that oh, sort of stuff. Definitely. It's got a hut on it. Um, Is it your no, yours or no, a mate's no, or something? Mate. Yeah. 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 And you go yeah. with your mate or just go on your own? No, I go on my own. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I go with Wazza, but yeah. most of the time I just go on my own. Yeah. Um, just top in the car and get out, get out there. And what about your work? I'm still doing uh, five days a fortnight yeah. at, the, at the caravan park. Mm-hmm. For how long, I don't know, because mm-hmm. um, with, with the way things are going at the moment, there's 19, 21 suburbs that have been stopped from coming to the park, which affects over 400 people from coming to the park. So... You Are they sort of permanent? permanent? No. no not well, well, regular booking sort of thing. That, yes. Yeah. So there are people who have got a permanent site there. Yeah. Caravan and, and caravan and annex. Yeah. But unless they've got their own ensuite, they can't come and stay at the caravan and annex. Okay. Because we've got limited facilities toilets. available. Mm. Yeah. We've got limited facilities available at the moment. But if Melbourne goes into... Uh, into a higher oh. category, then I think you find that the caravan parks again will just be closed shop, and it doesn't look good at the moment. And your but, family, you are they living in Melbourne? No, I've, I've got my, my son. I've yeah. got one son who's in Preston in Melbourne. He yes. can't travel; not allowed to come down at the moment. Yep. And I've got my other son who's just around the corner. Yep. In in Peel Street. Yep. So he's here, which is good company for me. Um, a good five nights a week out of seven. Yes. He'll be here. Damien will be here for tea. Yep. I've got a daughter in Mildura. I'd like to see her more, but of course it's not a, not a short drive. Yeah. yeah. If I can get up there a couple of times a year, that's good. She works in, in, in um, uh, aged healthcare in Mildura. Heather's family, well, they're there in Geelong, in, in North Geelong. Jeff, her brother, is in North Geelong. Graham, her older brother. Papa Lewis, you may have heard of him, legend of the, the Bell Post Hill Football mm-hmm. Club. Yeah. Father of three sons, Sean, Matthew and Nathan, who all played at Parliament Heads yes. one year, uh, the year after they won the premiership with South Colac, the Kangaroos. Yeah. They came down and played a year with Parliament Heads. They're all bloody good footballers. Yeah, really good footballers. Yeah, yeah. Amazing yeah. show. Yeah. I've still got the Marty's report out there. Have you drunk it? No. Is there anything in it? Nipper, yeah, Nipper, it's still full. Nipper made up a whole story about drinking his. 
Yeah. He reckons it evaporated. No, well, Wales evaporated. Or was it Wales' evaporated? Wales is still sealed. Yeah, I don't believe that it. story. Yeah, it's probably... yeah, I don't know how he got it out. <laughs> I, know how, I know how I got it mine out. I'm not sure who's... Just opened it. Whether, whether Bonnie's house got sold or whether family is in there. No, they uh, sold it or it was on the market. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder whether they got the, all the, uh, the port from under the bed. Yeah, they got everything. Yeah, they got everything. Bonnie gets to keep it. Was there lots of them? How many did we get? I've still got mine. Yeah, I st- I've still got one here and I've got one out in the shed. I'm the person with his name on it the most. Yeah, you, you're on, yeah. Three three times, I think. Yeah. Mm. yeah. There's some good Emden names Emden on there too, isn't there, no, Teddy? mine's Matt. But the other Emdenell's my brother. Yeah. But mine. Good names. Oh, actually, no, Mark, I think Mark's got Mark Denell. We're the only ones that have got our names on there. Yeah. Who's Mark Denell? Some good names on it, though, aren't there? That 93. Oh, yeah. Seniors and Reserves. It's, every now and then I'll just have a quick, just get it out. And What's the last thing you remember about the Reserves Grand Final? Thinking we lost it. I've, because of somebody I, doing something? Yeah. Because, well, no, because of the 50 metre penalty, but I didn't see that. Mm. I didn't see that. So there is a story about, about a bloke getting his kid out, but I never saw that. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turned yeah. around and bloody dropped them. decisions at the most inappropriate time. Well, Lonnie, I think I'm, we're going to wrap it up unless you've got anything else you want to no, tell us about that's important. It'll be something that you'll remember yeah. at 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake Sit up in the yard. Hold up right in bed. Should have told, told about. Mate. Well, just the first thing I'm going to say, Lonnie, we're, very enjoyable we night. really want to and thank um, you because um, you, you're a, an important part of our club's history, um, not as a player. We've done a lot of stuff with players yep. and with blokes like Alan Fry who've been both player and administrator. Mm. But you, your pretty much whole history with our footy club is as an administrator, administrator. and it's an outstanding yep. history. Yep. It really is. You, it, at times you've actually carried the, the footy club on your back and uh, as a footy club and kept the entity actually in existence. Yep. Um, so, you know, from, nip, from Nipper and my perspective, many of those times were when we were playing. So yeah. it, uh, the fact that you did what you did kept us playing footy with Bowen Heads. I mean, we would have gone and played footy somewhere else if there wasn't a Bowen Heads, I suppose. But yeah. And Nipper did. He went and went off up bush and that played a bit of footy. But Did he play at Forest as well with some no, boys? No, he didn't go there. Some of those boys. No, no, no he was still playing. They were still playing with Bowen Heads. I believe that they no, just called no. him a Forest jumper. Yeah. No. Pricey. Oh, yeah, yeah there, there was a bit two. of that going on. More than a couple of those. Yeah. It was our buy and they went yeah. up there and played. No, I was living in Wodonga and I played for Barnawatha. I've always been very grateful to people like y- yourself yep. for the off-field effort because that, that makes the on-field stuff possible and that's yep. the fun stuff. I actually can't go without suggesting that if we're to go back at some point to the beach house for these evenings... Mm. We've got something to jump now because <laughs> the spread that Simon has put on this evening oh, absolutely. is magnificent. Salami, cabana, yeah. two we're, types yeah. of cheese. We're talk, yeah. talking about the spreads that the Bowenheads Footy Club are famous for and we know mm. where it came from because yeah. either either it came from your yeah. leadership or you learned it there with one, one way or the other. Celery. So we're very grateful for that. Sorted biscuits. Yeah. Some yep. dips. So thank you for that, Simon. Thank you for... Your great stories, most enjoyable, and for uh, mm. letting us come to your house and and for your company and for for yep. the 
the great things that you've done for our footy club over many years. I'm sure many people will remember you in the podcast and the people who don't know you... They'll get to know me. get to know you from from this. So thanks very much, mate. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks, Tepper. That's all right, Lonnie. I have one question more to ask you. Okay. We didn't really touch on it very much, but your coaching career at the Barnaby's Footy Club, that's where it started when you came back. Correct. Yep. You coached the under-18s. No, I was appointed coach of the under-15s. Right. Mm. And a few weeks later they said, look, we haven't got an under-18 coach, can you do both? So I said, okay. Ah. So I did the 15s and 18s, which was which was good because yeah. some nights, you know, your numbers might only be 20 all up. So it was, yeah, it was good. And what year that's, was that? that? Oh, gosh. Uh, I got the trophy from the boys in 84, 85. Because you coached me. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't think I, I think I played a lot of the season in the seniors. The kids bought me a nice mug at the end of the season. We, we, we hadn't been over successful. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, nice Stein. Stein. Mm. Yeah, Something be, like that. Yeah. yeah. Be a cup grey yeah. from, from the under 15, under 18 boys. Yeah. And I think Lenny Swinton. Well, all of those blokes yeah. will, will remember you. Oh, of course yeah. they will. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah. 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 And I hope a lot of the, lot of, a lot of the ones who, who came through the club, those 90s, early twos, um, you know, it's really only the last five or six years I've really lost contact mm. with the current playing. I still get there and enjoy seeing them. But when I walk into the rooms, you know, apart from a, a Pocock or one of the boys who's known me from previous, they don't really know. Um, They're only boys too. They're a bit shy. Well, they could be. But the good thing is I'm still welcome to go into the club rooms at any time, mm. any of the coaches. That's a very important That's, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be on the peripheral, but just to be part of it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So, Teddy. And that's why I still like the three-quarter time huddles on the ground. In the early days, it used to be all 18 players and the coach in the middle. But nowadays, it's four here. I don't go out to him anymore because you can't hear what, yeah, can't what hear he says. Oh, like the old mm. days. Yeah. I don't mind it when but, Noodles does it, mm. except for the he, he swears Sam Shallow. Oh, Sam. He does yeah. swear a bit too much for my liking, yeah. but he does, not, not that I was against swearing, but... Yeah. I was told when I started coaching, don't no. swear at the players, only yeah. swear at them for effect. And yeah. so I didn't do it very often. Mm. Coach, we both played under by the name of Eric Wilson, who was a very good coach. Yes, yep. he was a very good coach. And he yeah, occasionally coach. swore. And it was quite funny, and I don't know whether you know this story, but there was an elderly gentleman who used to come out to every huddle at quarter time and three-quarter time. Balanese huddle. Yeah, and he'd sit there and he'd listen intently to what Annika would say. And this elderly gentleman would sit there, yeah. nod his head. Yeah. Eric would be saying, you know, you've got to man up, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. He'd nod his head, he'd nod his head. And then Eric would swear and the gentleman's head would go from nodding to disapproval, side to side. Yeah. And... Then Eric would get back on it again and he'd start nodding again. Every time Eka swore, this bloke yeah. would move his head from side to side. Mm. And Eric told me that story and I said, I remember that bloke. I don't know who he was or what he was doing mm. there. Or it was Eric's Eka. father. Yeah, I was oh. going to say father. father. I've heard that and story And he didn't too. like Eric's marriage. Yeah. Because uh, he was a man of the cloth. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Eric said, Eka said, oh, I just used to always try to, but sometimes you get frustrated. And So, Teddy, what did you learn tonight? 
Oh, well, I learned that former mayor of Geelong, Bruce Harwood, Bruce Harwood. was a very good host. He got a, a he young, got, he, he got the president an, an, of the an impressionable young fellow, Pished extremely on the drunk at the footy, <laughs> and caused all manner of problems with he, his good wife. That that is a fond memory for our, for our guest. Yes, yes exactly. that's what I learned. Well, I learned yeah. we've been in the presence of a wonderful host as well, who, as you mentioned, has provided a lovely platter here. And the thing I'm a little bit concerned about from what I've learned is that the platter has sat in front of Lonty for the whole night. Perhaps it wasn't for us. Perhaps it was his dinner. No, 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 no. I'm not too sure whether we've just been picking at his dinner plate or not. No, no, no. No, I saw him eat a bit of it before, but only a small bit. there for you. Yeah. Anyway. All you had to do was... You've been fantastic, host. Just reach across. Yep. You've been fantastic, Lonty, and uh, now, now you're turning into our nana, so we're going to get rid of you because you're trying to make us eat food. Yes. Oh, so no. you've been fantastic. Thanks very much. Thanks for yep. thanks for all you've done for the footy club. Thanks, thanks for everybody. your company tonight and for your great stories. And it has been a pleasure, so yep. thanks very much. Nip up, do your thing. Pick up your ass. pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Cheerio. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, well everybody. Done, young fella. You nearly forgot that. You're right in the middle. You nearly well, I haven't said it for a while because I've been working at the winery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. If the history of the club is to be honestly told, then the tough times as well as the glory years need to be covered. And Simon was an important person in keeping the club together when we needed people with tenacity to take care of it. He saw some triumphs as well as disappointments in his time at the club, but his biggest triumph is the role he played, along with many others, in keeping the club on the field in some difficult times. We owe him a lot of thanks. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off. <laughs>